millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello, and welcome to Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad, and welcome to episode two. This season, we are exploring the hidden gems of films, or films you probably passed over watching. Joining me in the studio today is Simone Salas. Simone, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. You probably know Simone from his career from the Second City, or his voice acting talents from Mobile Suit Gundam. And Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) (laughs) Or from his current project, 2343. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did in life. I I did the Italian voice acting for... I I can add weirder stuff if you want. Neon Genesis Evangelion or The Hills, a show that was aired on MTV Italy. And I did Waiter. That's a Waiter. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. You know, I was the guy that had a cough and then died. And it's just like... Hey, that's you're still an actor in my book. (laughs) So tell me more about 2343.org. Okay. um, Yeah. uh, You know, I I was... um, For almost a decade, I worked in... TV and radio in Europe back in Italy, mm-hmm. and most of it was political satire. Okay. And sometimes you gotta stay on the news and make jokes for something that happens 24 hours before, and any later than that stuff, that, that stuff dies. Yep. And I just wanted to have real conversations, not driven by having views or clicks or those kind of things. So that's what I do. It's if you're tired to listen to something that exists mostly for promotional. Uh, reasons nothing against that but mm-hmm. there are plenty of podcasts that you can find a good discount code for an okay toothbrush or a mattress <laughs> or yeah. or get many stamps from stamps mm-hmm. dot something uh <laughs> you can listen to that but um i have a few guests from pixar from the second cd from google um just also regular people plenty of people from the improv and comedy mm-hmm. somebody from snl Uh, We just chat about what matters in life, what matters to you, what matters to me. And it's an honest chat about expectations, fears, uh, stuff like that. I think that's what people really want is just long formats, genuine (laughs) conversations and not sound bites. We can can get into the discussion um, at some point, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very hard to find people, including myself, that you know, content Mm -hmm. is like very short. And stampy. like it's yeah. usually clips, so it's hard to focus on an intimate chat for fifty minutes of your day of your time on a commute or something. I don't know. It's That's like, true. Yeah. And I guess it depends on like the subject matter, which <laughs> you know I heard a few of your podcast shows on two, three, four, three, and oh. they are quite interesting and pique my hobbies okay. and what I care about. Yes, listen to it. Yes. Listen to it. And that's at 2343.org. Yes, I just wanted to pick a weird number. 2343.org. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it says on your site, mm. 
it's going to be 44 years of content you're going to be producing. <laughs> That's a long time. Well, that was the thing. The original idea was, you know, I I want a project that I just commit to it. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't end. Something, usually, you know, just doing something for the dedication of doing it mm-hmm. and the constants of doing it. So, yeah, if I publish one interview every week, from today, I will probably be done in uh, 45 years until I reach 2,343 conversations. So, I don't know. If you make it my full-time job, I'll do it every day. Yeah. I'll be much faster. It will be. And you have <laughs> to change the name. Um, yeah. When I, when I reach the end, it's like, well, okay, let's call it uh, 4,686 <laughs> double. <laughs> the number keeps on going up. Oh, but if you want to hear Simone and his conversations, please head over to 2343.org. Mm-hmm. And now to the main subject of today, The Truman Show. Mm. So, I don't know about you, but I watched The Truman Show when I was a really young kid when it came out in 1998. Mm. So, what was your first impressions like when you saw The Truman Show for the first time? I was a little bit, I, I actually remember being fearful of it really? uh, from the trailer, a little bit. Because the, the first time I, I, I remember seeing the trailer when I was like 12 or so. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and, and just this idea of this man being on television all the time, the Big Brother was still not even a thing as a reality show or as a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it just gave me an idea of something bigger and greater than I was so much on, on not just like the world, but, you know, this constructed world. It's like if, if I saw a gigantic computer for some reason right. that is the picture i have in mind like a gigantic organized thing in the trailer i remember just fear and my first experience was in high school with it i mm. had a uh, one of the high school teachers professors uh, in italy they had us watch it and uh i was really really happy we, i was also lucky they made us watch a lot of good movies was this like a film school or was this just was a normal class i went to it was my literature <laughs> professor just decided that uh, cinematography can be, you know, an art as much as painting and other classical arts. Oh, yeah. And uh, he and another professor decided, like, you're, you know, um, we're going to take some time every week to watch a movie. And I'm going to have in some, uh, come in some movie critiques and directors. And we're going to dissect them and we're going to talk about them. So we ended up watching most of Hitchcock, most of Chaplin. Mm. Most of Kubrick um, in high school. Wow. And some stuff here and there. There was from Woody Allen, for example, The Purple Rose of Cairo or The Truman Show, which at the time wasn't that old. But uh, one of the two liked it. And so we watched it and I was really glad it stayed with me. Yeah. And there's a lot to dissect with this movie, <laughs> like with the themes and so many allegory that it paints. Um, hmm. But before we get into that, I want to do... What we love to do at Syndicate, which is a 60-second elevator pitch. Oh, boy. Okay. Please stand clear of the closing So the main point of this show is to convince people why they should watch this movie. And quite frankly, like, this happens to me almost every day. When I'm scrolling through Netflix and I can't find anything to watch, or there's just too many options, mm-hmm. then I end up not watching anything. <laughs> or I spend the amount of time watching a movie, scrolling through you know, these streaming services. So I hate it. Don't you hate it too? I Yeah, it happens with any uh, streaming app, just the existential void and the thumb keeps scrolling on the remote. Yeah, and you're never satisfied. <laughs> so the whole point is, you know, when you're like sitting at the, the water cooler or your desk at work and you're trying to convince your coworker, hey, you should watch this movie. Well, what it's, well, what's it about? Okay, should I go? So you are going to have 60 seconds to give me an overview of the plot without major spoilers. Mm. And are you ready? <laughs> okay, I guess, yes. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, uh, if you like well-composed movies, like classic and very linear and easy to understand as a language, as a cinematographic language, and at the same time you like... Uh, a hero's journey, an ordinary hero's journey, um, you should watch it. It is funny and serious at the same time because it's 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 a satire about society, about what we do, about this 
common character, Truman, against uh, a Deus Ex Machina, uh, Christoph, <laughs> if you want to. 30 um, seconds. And, uh, you know, if, if you like self-liberation movies, like The Matrix, for example, um, and well-shot movies, and you want to see how Jim Carrey went insane from living in color and making farts and sketches <laughs> to an existential nihilist, uh, watch The Truman Show. It's a great, funny, terrible, tragic movie. Wow, with 10 seconds to spare. Wow, that's a new record. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> I earned a good grade. Yes, A+. plus. So now let's get into pretty much the central theme hmm. of the movie. Okay. So right in the first act, we, we notice that we have a main character. His name is Truman. Sure. And it's directed by a man named Christoph. We don't right. know his last name. All right. It's just his first name. I mean, we don't need it, right? But do we need it? No, like, it's think Christ. about it. Like, yes, exactly. He is the he is he's, the Christ the figure, Christ, mm -hmm. Christoph, Christoph, yeah. and true man is true man, right? Damn. Okay. <laughs> Str straight for it. So okay. This so, is just me saying random things that I observe, but okay. Yeah, I it mean, might not be true at all. Like you go to Jim Carrey, you're like, no, that's not true. <laughs> like, so Christoph, like other than being a pretentious director, having only one name. Mm -hmm. Not a last name. Like, he is, if you dissect his name, Christ. So, he is mm -hmm. like the god of this world. Uh -huh. And like many directors, they're all little bit gods because they're formatting their own world uh -huh. the way they see it. It's right. like, you, you're going to do this. Uh -huh. You're going to do that. Uh -huh. The setting is this. Uh -huh. So, Christoph takes it to the nth degree, which is creating his literal own world. Yeah. And by pretty much tricking a single man into believing that's his reality right and that's very scary and very thought-provoking at the same time so i think that can be approached from multiple uh sides but two that interest me particularly is one uh, besides chris of rolling what he thinks of himself mm -hmm. um you know anger or not is creating a world that looks like a utopia it looks like a fascist utopia. Oh, yeah. All of it. So that is the kind of world. Is this perfect plastic utopia. And not just the world is of plastic, but people and relationships are. Mm. And so that that is one side of the thing. And the other one is, is Truman's role in it. Uh, in this, Truman is owned by a corporation, is adopted yep. by a corporation. Yeah. And corporations in our society are granted... A legal person status. Oh, yeah. The one thing they can't do is adopt a human being. They can adopt <laughs> other corporations that call like a subsidiary, like a holding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they can't adopt a human being. Yeah. So in this case, this world is crafted for profit by a corporation using a human being. And Christoph is, I think, is also kind of a just 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 you know, just part of the mechanism that is moving there. He's not even the ultimate. Um, motor is not the ultimate engine of of this mechanism. But yes, it's this crafted world. Um, how does it influence Truman? What I ask to myself is like, if I were born in something like that, am I? I don't know. If I were born in something like that, how much you can you notice the signals that show that you are immersed in that world? Because we have constant stuff like that. Truman, Truman lives in this reality show yep. since he's born until allegedly he dies or else mm. and he's born with commercial product placement around him that viewers see so if truman uses a cup or a brand of cereals awkwardly there will be his wife or friend who goes like ah this is what I call beer. And it's mm -hmm. just like, <laughs> yeah. and, but true, that is normal to him because if you grew up with that, you do not pick up on those signals, at least not early on. He, exactly. He eventually he starts, right? Yeah. And that drives him to insanity. He mm -hmm. always knew, he always, that, that, that level of thickness was there in this pre-made utopia. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hints that he notices throughout the mm -hmm. entire movie. And then the first one, which comes in, I guess, within the first 10 minutes, is a light falling down mm -hmm. from the sky. <laughs> yes. And they say that a plane uh, or a plane dropped something. Mm -hmm. It's just a stage light. Yeah. Like, those breaks in reality. Like, I don't know what I would do. The show has been running for 
10,000 days, mm-hmm. 10,910 mm-hmm. days, which amounts to 30 years. Mm-hmm. So this man has been in a false reality his entire life for three decades. And then he starts seeing at the very end of 30 years, like uh, a light falls from the sky mm. or he's driving and someone's describing every single move that he's making. He's going down this street. Right. In the car, instead of mm-hmm. like serious exam, he has <laughs> whatever. Yeah. He has this stage guy. So yeah, he sees those cracks in reality and like, mm-hmm. or the actors break character. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he, I would be driven to insanity. It's like, this is my world. And then I see behind the curtain. But you, you call this, I think this is very important. You call this a false, fake reality, a Mm -hmm. fake world. Yeah. It is not to him. That's true. So that, that is, that is the conundrum, right? It's Mm -hmm. like when I earlier said, like, I am, I'm dearly attached to the metrics too. And I think these are substantially the same plot and the same movie. Yes. Um, It is not to him. He's, you know, if you see a deja vu, that is not a weird signal of the world or an interruption of the matrix. Mm-hmm. If you see a light from, falling from the sky and you're like, it's a satellite. Well, I mean, how can you verify that? Even if it fell down now, unless it's, it's like stage two, which you're used to. It, you know, you, you don't, you subconsciously might know that things are off, but more because they're off the routine, actually, than because they're in reference to a world that you do not know outside. That's true. Like, all his days seemingly seem the same. Yeah. And, like, there is a, there's a comfort in mm. just having routine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my ritual. I wake up, see my neighbors, mm-hmm. tell them good morning. And if I don't see them, good afternoon, good evening, and good and night. Good night. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes about his day, goes to his work, and then he starts being unhappy with his work. Mm. And then all the cast members that he doesn't know are cast members. Mm-hmm. Are reassuring him, like, you have a great job. Like, why would you, why would you leave this place? Like, oh, it's very scary out there. Like, there's so many subtle hints to keep Truman yeah, entrapped in yes. this seaside town. So, fear is the real cage. Oh, yeah. Fear is a big theme in this movie. So, fear is how Kristoff uh, controls his life. Mm-hmm. They staged the death of the father when he was a kid yep. in the sea. Mm-hmm. So he will be scared of the sea and of leaving this utopia. Yeah. And you see that very early on where mm-hmm. he goes to the dock to, I forget where, he has to go somewhere for work. Mm-hmm. And he sees the, the boat that's mm-hmm. been submerged. Mm-hmm. And then that triggers a flashback of when he was a child. And mm-hmm. in that particular episode mm-hmm. of The Truman Show, mm-hmm. they go sailing and his father seemingly drowns and he's been traumatized of the water ever since. And it's a town that's surrounded by water. So he can't leave. So fear is the tool mm-hmm. that is used over and over and over again, especially with trauma oh, yeah. to control him and keep him within the cage of that reality again for profit. Yeah. And, but another important theme that contrasts fear as in Aries here's journey um, in human life, it's probably love. Mm-hmm. Because the he Truman falls in love with this person in high school, this girl. Sylvia. Sylvia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he falls in love with Sylvia. But Sylvia actually falls in love with Truman Burbank, the human that like yeah. it, it she says instead of I love you, she goes, Truman, I need to tell you something. Everything is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Your life is a lie. And so that is the true gift of love. It's mm-hmm liberation and self-liberation mm-hmm. and so much that these two things battle throughout the movie because she immediately everybody intervenes and was like get her out yep. <laughs> get her off stage immediately she cannot be near truman and the actor that was interpreting her father goes like well truman she's crazy yep. uh, we're moving forever where to and the actor improvises goes like uh, uh, fiji fiji <laughs> to fiji islands and that stays with truman going like one day i want to go to fiji <laughs> like that yep. so that is the escape love mm-hmm. eventually unplanned improvised real in the moment love that happens for the actor the actress portraying sylvia mm-hmm. 
is the key to Truman's desire to get out of this cage of fear, and he wants to travel to Fiji. But fear holds him because he's scared to travel because his father died on a mm-hmm. boat, and he would need to take a boat to then get on the plane to Fiji. So, you know, that is that is intense. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, intense. Um, you 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 have this guy outside playing out fabricated fear trying to constrain the only force that in this case in this movie this is one of the messages can get you out of this routine out is this comfort zone and take a risk that you would never take in life otherwise yeah and and that is breaking out of it is comfortable isn't it comfortable to have a routine Absolutely. Okay. Because it's the familiarity. Yeah. So you trade that. Mm-hmm. You trade that for this. Why aren't you and I right now, wherever else in the world, mm-hmm. or doing anything but a nine to five job? Exactly. Because we trade this kind of being adventurous or, or anything else for not having to fight to get your own food in the wild mm-hmm. every day. Security. Yeah. You trade the call to adventure for comfort. Yes, like, or you trade doing nothing. Right. You tra- <laughs> like, yeah, like you can't have both. You can't have an adventure without risk. Mm. Like adventures are never easy. They're never, you know, comforting. It's it's very tough. It's but very why scary. can't you? Why can't you? Yeah. Who's stopping you? Uh, no one's stopping me. And so you are stopping you. Yes. <laughs> Is that so? me as a person? Yes, I am. Okay. Like I would totally like for. For the hero of film or even young adults, young men particularly, they all have the desire for that call to adventure. And that could be manifested in many different ways. It could be like, I want to go on a trip to Fiji, or I want to join like a group, or in very bad cases, um, young men would join like a radicalized group such as like, you know, terrorism or anything. Yeah. It's like, it's the call to adventure is, you know, it takes many forms, but with, with Truman particularly, like you initially, he's like, I want to go to Fiji. Like he wants to break out of the, the mundane, the normality Mm -hmm. to go to like a faraway land. And you think that is like, he, he wants to go on that great adventure, but then it's revealed very quickly. It's because of Sylvia. He mm-hmm. found his love mm-hmm. and he wants, you know, like you said, that liberation in the form of a genuine relationship. Yeah. And, you know, to find that eventually he has to defy the limits of the cage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I want to take a step back, um, you know. In, sure. Um, I'm usually not the... The gender fighter, but I think that, that uh, no, but you you specify like especially I mean I don't know about that, but as a human being like gender genderless, um, not because there is no gender, but because mm-hmm. I think that it can happen if you're alive. You 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 feel that kind of push if you're alive. You oh, don't yeah. think you need even even need to be a human to have that kind of like instinct of discovering and curiosity. And your species do, but eventually you need to break out of your own boundaries regardless of the place or regardless of what is around you as society you just Mm -hmm. have to understand it comes a time when you have to face who you became and the reasons why you became that and for truman that is just growing up with you know within a stage and that's what destroys him and and, um, it is in a similar way i think it was plato's uh myth of the cave Yes, I was going to bring that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. From that's... the Republic, Chapter 7. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Republic. Okay. Um, yeah. It's just, well, you will correct me if I'm wrong because you seem to be more <laughs> uh, ready about this than I am. But if you always lived as a man in a cave and you see the shadows coming from the outside projected on a wall, you are seeing a reflection of reality, but to you, that is reality. And to mm-hmm. Truman, that means the characters. The characters around him are not his real friendship, but they are the reflection, the shadow of the real people portraying yep. those characters outside. Mm-hmm. And he is literally in the cave. And eventually, he decides to step out, like pretty much how Plato said, that yep. if you step out, you actually gain knowledge of the truth. Um, which, again, in the analogy that I so much love with the metrics would be going down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, 
Taking the red pill. Right, which currently has assumed different meanings in subcultures of the, <laughs> which I am, I, I am so, man, yeah. that is the one thing that people got off the magic. I go like, <sighs> the red pill and the blue sh- pill. Yeah. Such a shame that he was taken up by this, by these <laughs> weird, weird, weird groups like online. Um, oh yeah. Like that in, in, in this macho whatever. <laughs> but really think about it. Um, like uh, tangent on the matrix since it's yeah. thematically since, the same. Since I keep pushing it. <laughs> so those who use that, um, phrasing like, you know, I've been red pilled or sure. take, take the red pill, wake up from reality. These people live on the internet. Like no other time period in human history have we been so interconnected subconsciously, like through our minds. Like, yeah, like throughout human history, like we've been like, you know, uh, connected through like civilizations or trade or, you know, interpersonal relationships. But like, mm-hmm. it's to a point where it's cerebral. Like, we are interacting with people throughout the entire world, like, through how they're feeling, what they're thinking. So you can see how the parallels between like the matrix of like simulation and people breaking out of it and how they're taking the red pill. I do, but so you can see why they would use that language of like I'm gonna I'm gonna take the red th- pill yeah, and I get off social just, media. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just connected to shared meme culture. And meme, I use the original meaning as you know, as a second degree image of an idea. That is also true of physical reality, meat space, if you want. Uh, <laughs> you know, something that that also. In the metaphorical imagery world of the Truman Show, there are lots of references, not just in the name of, of biblical characters like mm-hmm. Christ or True Man, but also in the journey. Um, True Man eventually gets to the border, to the limit of his yes. reality. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to face a choice. And he. Literally, I don't know if you noticed that there is this ending scene which is particularly beautiful to me. He breaks the fourth wall. He breaks his cage oh, with a boat. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, it's true. It, like when he he's does. sailing, he hits the wall of the yeah. dome yeah. and breaks through it. Yeah, that's breaking the fourth wall. That's breaking wow. through the fourth wall, like okay. with reality. And when he when he walks out of the boat, off the boat, the water is so shallow. Mm-hmm. That he can walk on water. Yeah, I noticed that. So he walks on water mm-hmm. literally. And ascends. And uh, yes. In a, in, and uh, also, this is where the sky and earth, water. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Me okay. at the end of the world. And wow. that's that's also the creation of, of Christoph, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Where he that's is. that's a beautiful image that is this this freedom and, and I really don't want to spoil the final movements, but I am I am I love it. I love so much that the Truman show ends where Neo goes off to the rabbit hole and wakes up from the matrix. Right. Like we won't really get into like the the very end of the movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can say like we don't know what ends up with Truman. It's it's Correct. definitely it's open ended. It's very open ended. Yeah, like there is a doorway and he chooses to cross it. But what happens after? We don't know. Christoph tries to keep him in. In you know, uh, there is this 
public announcement system that has uh, has been on the whole movie apparently, but he only uses at the end as the extreme. He he fights in his vision. There is this contrast when his girlfriend, Truman's true girlfriend Sylvia, who was fired from the show, calls in and has a confrontation live in front of the audience with Christoph, the creator of the show, the director, the Steve Jobs of yes. the situation, wearing a minimalistic black uh, mm-hmm. turtleneck with with like two wireframe glasses yeah. uh, being very well posed and knowing exactly what the world needs. And um, a beret. Huh? And a beret. Yeah, yeah, sure. So stereotypical uh, artist. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, during this confrontation, she criticizes Sylvia, goes like, you caged this guy against his will. True. Mm-hmm. And Christoph goes like, I did not confine him more than he wants to be confined he is comfortable he lives in this cage and you know in Christoph's view the fabricated world is not less real than the outside world it's probably more fair to Truman than the outside world would be so much that at the end he goes like Truman you literally there is no more truth out there mm-hmm. than there is in the world that I created for you. You yeah. belong here. There is this love that Christoph has for his creation. That's how he sees him. Yeah. But that is not how the world works. Because even if we want to go on with uh, creation myths that mm-hmm. are common across different cultures and religions, and I'm not that well <laughs> versed in being able to speak for all of them, but... Mm-hmm. You know, when the world was created according to this myth, which is no disrespect, I have lots of respect for, you know, metaphors of creation. The world is created, but then it's left to both evil and good through the agency of free will, Yep. which is what Christoph is not really giving to Truman. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, Truman is defeating a false god, a selfish god, a controlled god, if he decides mm. <laughs> decides to do so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like if, if he it makes sense to you, but no, it totally yeah. <laughs> does. It's it's a very, I would even say, very gnostic uh, <laughs> point of view where it's you know, Christoph is a lesser god, and he created uh, this ideal world for his creation, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the Garden of Eden, if you will. <laughs> like here's this perfect area, and if you leave, you know, it's it's going to be wickedness and turmoil outside do you want to make that choice did you like jim carrey in this movie i absolutely loved him in this movie like it's such a stark um contrast Mm -hmm. with his other films because he's known as you know the funny guy you know he up to that point yeah he was in living color (laughs) like kind of like that was his first um what do you call it uh dramatic role sure and i wish he did more because like after this movie he went back to like doing, you know, comedy movies like Ace Ventura and, mm-hmm. you know, the Sonic movie that's going to come out. And I think his back hurts after doing the Sonic movie because he <laughs> he's really carrying that movie. Huh. I have not he's followed only... the promotional part. Oh, it, it looks terrible. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's trash, uh, even though I loved Sonic as a kid, but. As a video game. Oh, Sonic 2, man. It's the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird because not a lot of, you know, video games don't translate to movies, like at all. Oh, you don't think the Super Mario Brothers movie from the late 80s was a, uh, was a, a masterpiece of trash? <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece, but not in a good way. <laughs> they tried to do Blade Runner, but no, didn't happen. Oh, um, God, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, I like... I like how crazy Jim Carrey is. Mm-hmm. I really, I feel for Jim Carrey. I love him so much. I think it would be a nightmare to be around, but, um, it, you know, it literally used to be the juice man and all these other characters, yeah. um, living in color. Mm-hmm. And, and, and eventually he started with the Truman show mm-hmm. and then man on the moon. Yep. And then eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Um, mm-hmm. and, he was great. He was great Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon. He mm-hmm. was a great... I don't want to go to other movies too much, but, you know, Jim Carrey is quite a character. He's not just mm-hmm. a random actor. Yeah. And and I think it's... Uh, it's crucial to think that this movie and Man on the Moon and to a, an extent Eternal Sunshine, he recognizes that 
This movies broke his vision of the world as he was preparing for them and working on them. You think so? He says so. Really? Yeah. Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. in his spiritual journey, mm-hmm. as, uh, there is a documentary about this. He, after not doing anything for 10 years, he worked on a documentary. It is on Netflix. About, it's called Jim and Andy. It's oh, right. just right. It's yeah. just him explaining how getting ready for interpreting Andy Kaufman, this comedian from the sixties and the seventies, mm-hmm. that was ambiguous. He didn't see it as comedy. It was just disrupting the role of entertainment society. How trying to interpret him broke his vision of the world and made him understand. Like Jim Carrey now goes at some point was just a huge rant on Twitter that he handed it like. And now I'm just trying to cope to deal with the fact that I don't exist and I still go through life every day. And that is, you know, wow. that, that is not whatever you think of that. That is a guy who was going like literally, hey, hey, <laughs> like that every day. And he was like, my existence is mm-hmm. void and I am the void. Hence, I must <laughs> like... That is um, quite the change that um, it yeah. started with the Truman Show. It started with like Jim Carrey seeing, I, partially my guess, but partially you go through these documentaries and go like, how much this kind of movie, how much the preparation to interpret this role made Jim Carrey reflect about how our society and, you know, I don't think it's the same, of course, but. It's very different. Yeah, it is very different, but it certainly ingrained something in his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. Like, because when you take on a character, you have to really get that mindset hmm. in your brain. And, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that Jim Carrey, like, really went deep. He does not break off of character. When he prepared wow. for uh, Man on the Moon, when he prepared, like, he just goes 100% into it. And he was behaving with everybody outside of the stage um, and the set as if he was... Truman, as if he was Andy Kaufman. And, and you know. Not enough credit is given to Jim Carrey. I think it's great. Yeah. At least he, he's, he's totally insane. And he has been very good. Mm-hmm. He He's a guy who went from incredible physical comedy skills to to a Steve Martin level, to an Eddie Murphy level. Yeah. To doing something much different from what it did. And he did it great. Eternal Sunshine. So good. Yeah. It takes a special actor to do comedy. Mm. Like a lot of people can do like dramatic roles, but it takes a very specific skill set to do a comedy movie. And for a lot of comedians, a lot of them transition to be dramatic actors because they have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Steve Carell. Yeah. Like fantastic. in that creepy movie, Foxtrot. What is it? Fox, uh, Fox something. Uh, Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher is yeah. like Foxtrot. Foxtrot. Uh, <laughs> Alpha. Omega. <laughs> um, yeah. They're usually like, well, and a Little Miss Sunshine with Steve Carroll. But yeah, yeah, that's true. When Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams. The director of The Truman Show is the same director of, uh, what is the English title? The Dead Poets Society. Yeah, which is another favorite film of mine. Uh, it is? Peter Weir is the director yeah. of Truman Show. And- so he directed another comedic actor that transitioned into a serious right. dramatic role. Yeah, that that same with Robin Williams. That was yeah. his first dramatic role. Uh-huh. And that elevated his career to a whole nother level. So maybe it's this guy. It's the director that can guide exceptional comedic talents too i don't know i'm just saying hey <laughs> peter if you're listening props to you he man he didn't do much else after that no right? he didn't do much I don't and think he did anything you know that's not a bad thing i mean <laughs> at a point you get like creatively bankrupt and it's like do you want to do like another movie it's i don't like, think that exists do you really? think creative bankruptcy exists uh, like you're it, done it depends. because um, i take for instance uh quentin tarantino he's like i'm only going to do nine movies it's like, sure. okay. And it's like, why? He's like, well, you know, I run out of ideas. You know, think about it. Like, I'm generating ideas for decades and decades and decades. I'm going to run out. And it's not going to be good anymore. You know what? Like, I have hmm. recently been watching, like, uh, my husband is uh, 
I tell this to everybody. He lived in Japan for 10 years. He's very fond of the Japanese culture, of course. Where um, in Japan? Um, uh, Osaka. But nice. Uh, mostly. But um, he did that. And um, he was like, okay, I'm going to show you some movies. And we watched like pink movies, which are the stuff that Tarantino likes from Japan. And yeah. I watched those and I'm like, oh, this is Kill Bill. <laughs> Just literally. Oh, yeah. This is Kill Bill. So I'm like, huh. Like visually... You know, like even he, plot wise, he makes great movies, but he he definitely lifts. Oh yeah, material. Yeah, we for being generous because after watching those movies, I mean, it's just like he, he literally took the framing, the sequence. Oh yeah, you could the, do side by side the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do side by side. I did not know that, and I was just like, huh, let's call this a homage. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's fine. We all mm-hmm. generate ideas, taking inspiration from other work. Uh, but at the, it, I used as I used to get really excited when I was a teenager. But like, I was in line to see Kill Bill Volume Two, yeah. the first human being in my city, and I'm like, okay, I, I see you, Quentin. Hey, it's not. <laughs> it's not stealing. It's sure attributing. Yeah, hey, attributing. We're yeah. artists. Remember yeah, that. Sure, exactly. We don't. When steal. you go over forty <laughs> percent, it becomes a matter of legal teams. I think. Hey, but yeah, that's you know that's called a reboot, a reimagining, if you will. Right. The reboot of the Truman Show with Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> so like let's let's talk about the outside world of the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. So there's a few lines of dialogue which are very interesting, and you can extrapolate a lot from them. Mm-hmm. So. First of all, uh, the narrator of the movie, the narrator of the Truman Show, mm-hmm. says, "This is the largest set in right in the world." And I really looked at it because there's a shot of it. It's panning out from the dome. You know where that is? I'll get into that. So oh. it's situated behind the Hollywood sign. It's like okay, you don't really see the scale yet until it goes into like space view. Mm-hmm. And the, the size of the dome, mm. if you really measure it out, it's 10 miles. Mm. It's a 10-mile megastructure. And it's situated on Burbank. That's the interesting. En- the entire city of Burbank has been taken out. And Burbank lives on, in Truman's name, because his last name is Burbank. I'm so glad that I didn't burn this for you. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> you were building to it so much. Yes, Truman Burbank. You're right. Yes. <laughs> like, you, you really don't notice it. It's like such a subtle mm. um, detail, but it's like, there's so much to say. It's like, like would the city of Burbank be willing to give away all of its mm. real estate for a television show? And it's like, what does that do for the Los Angeles economy to have this giant... <laughs> facility i assume it makes a lot of jobs because you're fabricating an entire town for a 24-hour tv show so it makes you think like they use the move they they use the the term largest movie set which means are there bigger structures who who makes all these things like this is one of the largest like if it happened today it'd be one of the largest human-made structures in human history Right. Other than the Great Wall of China. If you wrap it around, it could be the <laughs> the walls of that. No. Right. Um, I don't know. I never thought it from uh, the Martian point of view of colonizing. <laughs> or, <laughs> uh, but it does raise a few interesting questions mm-hmm. as for the... Let's... I don't know. Let's dive into the economics of that. Yeah. It's a 30-year-long show. Yeah. So you need to distribute the the price of that over 30 years. And when it started, so let's say 30 years from 1998. Sure. So it, it happened in 1968. Well, yeah, exactly. So what was on TV? Leave it to Beaver, I Love Lucy. Yeah, like, so we see color mm-hmm. footage of that, but we really should see very low resolution of it. Like in the beginning of the movie, we see like Truman uh, archival footage right. uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Here is when the economics start to make sense. Christoph has been trying to have Truman have a child for very long. Right. And the characters in his life push him to have this kid. The first on-screen conception. That's what right. Christoph wants. And it would be a spin-off. There was a planned spin-off. So wow. okay. in that case, you have two shows 
And they start to think like that could become a family thing. They could become like literally a parallel world. That is what they hint in the movie. So at that point, you can optimize and and uh, the cost of this megastructure over potentially a hundred years. You go through generations. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it starts to make more sense financially and everything is monetized in the show. We see shots of ladies in England sitting and like keep holding hands with each other that have a pillow with Truman's face on it. Oh, we yeah. see people in Japan that are following the show and have all the kind of memorabilia around them in Japan. So this is a world phenomenon that is sold Mm-hmm. Every minute of the day, so much in one of the cut scenes that you can find in the DVD. Uh, <laughs> get the DVD. Um, <laughs> you could find in the DVD. I remember that there was this scene that was just this commercial of what you could buy yeah. out of the Truman Show. And it was just this narrator that went through the catalog. And it was just right. an Ikea shot of like the the Truman house. And he goes like... This cup is only $9.99 on the Truman catalog. Or you're now at 800 555 <laughs> And they were like, item really? number 234. And then they moved on to lamp. I'm like, item 235. This wonderful lamp. Just blah, 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 99. See, I'm disappointed they cut that out. But also, it's almost not needed because throughout the entire movie, there are so many instances of commercialism. It was of like, just true. Ah, like you said before, ah, great beer. Ah, you know, that lawnmower, we should really get this model of lawnmower yeah. directly at the camera. Like, that's that's weird, right? It mm-hmm. is weird. It, and it makes you notice like, oh, yeah, I see this on I M- see what's M- NBC's soap operas. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I saw, I never watched TV, but I did the other day. Like, I, for some reason, after two years, like, I turned it on and, like, a soap opera was on. And they were just, like, shamelessly eating, talking about this cereal. Like mm, box, I <laughs> love Lucky Charms cereal. Yeah, like well placed there, and I'm like dude, that's uh, sure that's partially how the world can finance mm-hmm. better productions. I am very grateful that we have some advertising. Like I don't mean I don't mind being advertised to. I really don't. <laughs> it's like if there's like a good food that you want me to eat, sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, but it's yeah. when it's when it's annoying, when it's like so <laughs> invasive in like Truman's life, it's like his entire world is one giant commercial. Mm-hmm. That's what and it's a giant commercial for you. You are the consumer. Yeah. Everything is commodified. Paradoxically, like, you know, the only commercials that Truman watches and sees are the ones for the people outside. They're not really trying to advertise anything to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost advertising free compared to the people who watch the show. <laughs> if you look, well, the Utopia City, if you look at it, there is no big billboards in it. There's only tiny posters where he gets pinned by two weird twins that work in insurance. <laughs> he turns the corner yeah. and they show like a, a, I don't know, a chicken, buy this chicken brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, there, he has no ads mostly, except the ones needed for the people outside. I wonder if he can buy those products. <laughs> like maybe. Um, so let's go back to the the mega structure because I have one yes, more point. Sure. So Burbank, yes, in uh, World War II, was the site for Lockheed, and Lockheed was responsible for creating experimental. Uh, aircraft for the war efforts against you know the Axis powers in Europe. So, you know, back to our previous point of like, how could they have get you know, how could they justify getting rid of an entire city of Burbank? Mm. So, join me if you will into you know the rabbit hole. I'm here. What if in this alternate reality, um, Burbank was destroyed in the war, so the real estate was completely gone. And they built a dome on top of the ruins of Burbank. Because it could have been possible that the, you know, the Japanese powers would have sent a missile or destroyed the city in some way, shape, or form. Yes, and what if it happened to other cities too? Yeah, because the whole world seems very uh, Orwellian, dystopic. Wow. Like, like who, who else would fund this giant propaganda piece for an ideal American town than the government. Like, who has the funding ah, dude, you're to... you're going into conspiracies a lot. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Tinfoil hat is secured on my head. No, no, no it's okay, it's okay. I, I'm following, mm-hmm. I'm... 
I'm doing my best. Because think okay. about it. It's like the ideal perfect town of like 1950s America, white picket fence, like... Oh, my wife is making me dinner today. Let me go to work as an insurance salesman. Uh, like, it's this perfect, picture-perfect view of American life. And when Truman is like, I want to go out and this and that, and his mother is like, why would you want to go outside of the town and be like the rest of America? Uh, Insinuating that the rest of America is not in a good state. Not safe. Yeah, yeah. When we see the travel... um yeah, we go back to the fear concept, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Poster yeah. of the plane and the uh, travel agency of a lightning bolt hitting I, it. I can play this game if you want. Uh, of the authoritarian dystopia outside of the dome of Truman, if we want. Although, as a side note, before we decide to go... <laughs> <laughs> Deep into that, um, the way I saw it was more like advertisers gone rogue, <laughs> like gone wild. Yeah, the life of like that's how it happened. So it more like an exponential development of a product kinda to like the use a, of everybody else. Kind of like Demolition Man, if you've seen that movie. I have not. So it depicts a future where corporations are in control, like they are the governments. So you have like. Right. Taco Bell or Pizza Hut everywhere and like yeah Taco Bell is like that is more like the NBA, you know it could have been like the now it doesn't exist anymore so I can say the 20th century Fox City now it's just mm-hmm. imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, 20th century? I Studios. Know. Studios. So yeah. 20th century. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would have been more like, what if? What, what if? There is this recurring theme of Steve Jobs especially had it. What if Apple ran a town? There is this like corporate fantasy world. What if mm-hmm. Apple built a city? What if Google built a city? Which is happening in Canada, in Toronto. Wait, really? There is an idea for a smart city, which is on the Toronto, um, uh, you know, short like uh, the the near the water. Uh, there is a whole area which is being built with sensors and optimized by like algorithmic changes really? for traffic, for managing like side everything, trash. All of that. Um, a it real is a life super- Truman show. Yeah, you were in, in this case. You were not selling your experience to other people watching the experience. We're selling the optimization of your personal experience to the greater good. But yes, to some extent, it's like you know, it answers the same question that you were, are asking. It's like, what if uh, a corporate or this movie that I've not seen that you mentioned, Demolition Man? Yeah. Um, what if you know uh, a for-profit corporation would run? A, a city, uh, a limited environment where people can live. And we can also partially see that um, I had a chance to visit in the past, like Facebook headquarters, and uh, mm. it feels a bit like that. They have their own situation with like everything is free. There is all free restaurants. There is free 
barbershop. There is the dentist. And it's all in between the buildings of, mm. of this company. So, yeah. and there is a free arcade. Like when I was inside, like when I visited, I like that. Was like, there's a free arcade. Like you go there and there's tens of machines just for fun to go to real life. So, mm. What if uh, Truman definitely is an, uh, a take on that idea, mm-hmm. on the corporate town, on the corporate uh, situation? That's a more realistic uh, outlook for the future than, I would say, the jackboot the, Orwellian. The, the city got destroyed mm-hmm. and the, it's more of a the brave, government wanted to find... Uh, yeah, I don't... Mm-hmm. Brave new world where your pleasures ultimately right. control you. Like your comforts, like yeah. Why, why change anything if everything is given to me? And if I'm okay with it, yeah. So that is the battle that Truman ultimately fights. You know, everything is perfect except it is not because I did not decide to determine this future and this being for myself i was imposed this so do i trade comfort for free will and that's what he chooses that's that's a big spoiler (laughs) i'm kidding well i mean inevitably so that's the progression of his character right yeah like he has the call to adventure he refuses it at first and then he pursues it to the point where you know, it threatens his life and his well-being. And I think in life, that's where character truly comes, like outside of a narrative, like character comes out of adversity. Like it doesn't come from getting everything you want. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Adversity. Yeah. It's not just the call to, it's not just the adventure, but, but you know, overcoming the obstacles and adversity that's the key out to the hero journey yep. coming back home coming back home is coming itaka i don't know how do you call the uh, uh homecoming uh the home no 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 itaka is the island where oh uh, ulisse uh I, I do an ancient greek I'm, now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with english uh translations uh the iliad see si, liliad is that okay <laughs> uh yeah but that is the same thing. You, The journey is overcoming the obstacles to come home to yourself. And home mm-hmm. is not necessarily... It is can be a physical place, but it's, it's yourself. And that's what Truman does. It can be, for me or for you, it can be different. It's for some people, it's a struggle in, in, in health. For some people, it's a struggle in economy. For some, it's fighting off the insecurity that they have about something else. But yeah. when you overcome that, uh, Truman is overcoming the fear of leaving home, going to Fiji, finding love, and finally breaking through that fourth wall that has been built for him, the mm-hmm. way that he has been made grow up into something. And once he overcomes that obstacle, we don't need to know what's outside. He already came home to himself. He decided at least to get on board with a journey and if he doesn't see you good afternoon good evening and good night (laughs) then he bows and he bows exit stage left (laughs) all right so i think it's just you know it's a funny movie i'm making it sound more than it's funny jim carrey goes insane so to close (laughs) to close the show we like to do one good reason Huh. So, if you were to give someone one reason to watch this movie, what would it be? I like to see Jim Carrey go around in a car in a roundabout about 20 times <laughs> and going like, someone help me! I'm being spontaneous! <laughs> that is the best part for me. Yeah. Just watch it to see Jim Carrey go on a roundabout 20 times with his wife screaming in the car. <laughs> Fake wife. His fake wife. Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was a fantastic scene. Traffic appears and disappears in a matter uh-huh. of seconds when he goes in and out of the roundabout. It was like there was traffic. Now there is not. <laughs> the point in the movie where he's completely cracked. Yes. It's like you know this is this isn't real. <laughs> Watch Jim Carrey go on and on and on in a roundabout. Well, show. for me the the one reason which is what we've been espousing for the past um, podcast, which is the spiritual journey. It makes you really reevaluate your life. Mm. And it's like, 
okay, what part of my life needs to change? Mm -hmm. Before I drive around in a roundabout 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's fun and I love doing donuts and eating donuts. Oh, that's how you call it? Yeah. We, doing the donut? Yeah, we driving around in a circle and it makes a donut. Yeah, he has about 20 donuts in that box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than a baker's dozen. So, <laughs> so that would be my reason. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We've been talking about The Truman Show by Peter Weir. Please check it out where it is available. Thank you for coming on, Simone. And where can they reach you? Thank you for having me on the show. You can reach me at 2343.org. 2343. That's right. Org. Go watch The Truman Show and check out Simone on all his uh, great conversations he has with people that are much smarter than me. And me. Thank you, Roman. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, please add us at Syndicate on your favorite social media platform. That's C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, -E, Syndicate. If you have any questions about the program or even media that we recommend, please reach out at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop at scroll and spend more time watching. See ya! See ya!